Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So episode 169. I'm so, so excited for this one. So today's guest is Becca Gillen. So Becca was on the podcast nearly two years to the day when we recorded this. And when we recorded the, the last one, it was over in Thailand. And it's episode number 23 for anyone who wants to listen to it. But if you're unaware of who Becca is, I would highly encourage you to get up on her social media and watch her. It's like the ray of sunshine, uh, the dancing and stuff like that, which we talk about an awful lot in this episode. Uh, an incredible educator teaches you how to change your thoughts and emotions and behavior around yourself and food. Um, former, uh, Formerly worked as a nurse, had, has had many uh, career changes and has noted a lot of things and noticed a lot of changes during this weird time that we're in. Qualified PT and nutritionist, creator of the Unfuck Method, um, which is a, which is incredible platform as well. So some of the things that we kind of talk about is like lessons that have been learned during this weird time. Uh, Becca came home for a little while um, to be with her family and stuff like that during during this and noticed that she was working, working, working and fell into a little bit of a, a rut and she needed she found out that she kind of needed to move away from Ireland to find that we talk about kind of like feeling do we feel under pressure about kind of looking or perceiving to be looked like a certain way on social media run did kind of the coping about running a business during a pandemic and the lessons that i've learned along there we talk about how to kind of snap back your inner critic we talk about the importance of routine we talk about the kind of the the kind of a lot of information about kind of the side of meditation journaling and and how to kind of bring that in if it is for you and that's the biggest thing that everyone's going to be completely different it's very very heavy on kind of the mindset stuff we don't really talk about training on episode 23 it's more about training and nutrition but we want to talk about something else and i i'm incredibly lucky to have becca back on she's an incredible human so i hope you guys enjoy the episode with becca hey becca how are we hello nice to be back two years since you were on back in thailand on your over in bali now <laughs> Still abroad. <laughs> Still abroad, Balionis. Um how are things over there for you? Yeah, things are good. Um I think um I think having been home in the middle of the whole COVID thing, I have a different perspective. I feel like if I'd be talking about my life over here without having experienced being back in a lockdown and stuff, I wouldn't be able to give a full I, I I guess my my opinion on my life over here wouldn't be the same because I wouldn't be able to compare it to being at home. So since I've been back, when I came back in, when did I come back? I came back New Year's Eve. Um, I just got back to work in a workflow straight away. Um, and I know, I kind of always knew when I was here, like, I always felt good here. My life just seemed to click. Work was always good. And I think I felt that even more when I came back um, on New Year's. But I guess that's because I was at home between Dublin and London for 10 months. But I can't complain. Everything is good here. We still have a little bit of a curfew. We still have masks. But... um, yeah, it's still it's still coming into the two. It's just coming into the end of rainy season. So basically, it's been raining a lot um, since I got back, but that's obviously normal. And I secretly really enjoy the rain because when it's raining all day, it's like, oh, we can't do anything tonight. I'll just have to work. 
So, so yeah, no, it's really good. I've got a place now of my own, which is really good. Um, I was traveling a lot the first uh, 2019 and up until I came home, which was March 2020. So it didn't make any sense for me to move into a house or an apartment or anything because I was leaving all the time every month, maximum two months. So now that I'm back and there's no movement, obviously, and there's no travel, um, I have my own little house now and just the space is so much better. So, um, yeah, I've no, I've no complaints really at all. Just difficult talking to people at home really is the only hard thing, I guess. Difficult listening to people, I mean, as in the comparison. Guilt, I guess. Yeah, you seem quite content, which, given what's going on at the minute, is quite a unique thing. Well, Um, I think... I don't know. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons for that. Like, I, I can't like I was definitely the polar opposite when I was home, like it, when I was in, when I came back March and then I did the two week quarantine with my sister in her house in Dublin. Cause all her friends had already gone home. So it's just the two of us in her house. Cause she was coming back from Dubai and it was great crack. The two weeks with my sister, we were like, Oh, watching what was the big thing at the time? Tiger King. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, it was great crack. Sure, I hadn't seen her in ages. And so the two weeks were grand. And then when it was time to go back to Galway, that's when I was like, whoa, what's just happened? The gyms are closed. What am I going to do about work? Um, You know, I'm not used to being around eight people, you know, in my family and that many people at one time. There was the weather. Like I couldn't personally train myself. So all those things. And obviously just we didn't even know what a, you know, a lockdown was so the first lockdown I think I can only speak from experience of that one but I felt that found that was very difficult and when I realized that I was like oh no I'm yeah I'm I'm struggling here that's when I was like right think of an idea ask people what they're struggling with and do something do something until until like I can get out of this situation or at least out of Galway because I feel like sometimes being back in Galway I hadn't lived there since I was 17 so I'm not used to it like and I don't have that many friends in Galway we all live abroad or else in mostly in Dublin so it's like Dublin London and then abroad so it's hard if you don't have a social circle at home you don't have the work that you had because all the gyms are closed you don't have your hobbies because that's taken away and obviously this is going for everyone but I'm just speaking in like the first person um like my the gym and exercise is what keeps me sane so when you're trying to figure out how you're going to you know how are you going to come up with a project that works when people can't access the gym or they don't have as much money as they did before because they've lost jobs there was a, and you don't have your social circle or the gym like that's when I that's when I started to struggle so I, I think I only did March until August at home and then I went over to London literally because my friends were there and because the gyms were open that's literally the only reason I went um so the situation was the same but still like a lockdown not as severe but I had a gym in the complex and a pool and in I was in the middle of like a wildlife reserve and my friends were in the same complex so it meant that if it went into an even stricter lockdown 
like full lockdown I could still be in the same apartment complex as my friends I still had like nature there um the gyms they kept closed but like I had my own space to work in again and I had my I don't know mental health back on track I guess and would you throw yourself if you were to go through it again hopefully you don't have to go through it again but if you were to go through it again would you throw yourself into work as much as you did like you did the first time yeah I would because I mean what else am I going to fill my days with if I'm not working I could study but that's the same TikTok uh, I didn't really get into it like I guess I'm I too wasn't. old for TikTok oh and I think it's class but like too old. I didn't I wasn't like I wasn't in a good mindset so I'm like I don't really want to be getting up and doing dances like to music which is what I that's always, what you do Becca yeah exactly what I always do when I'm in good form so um I think, yeah, no, like if I didn't throw myself into work, I don't, I don't know. I think my mental health would have deteriorated, deteriorated. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't come up with all the ideas I had for this year. So I feel like no matter how difficult things are in life, like I always think even the shit situations, I'm like, no, something, something's good. It's going to come out of this one. I'm telling you. And then, and then it always does, even if it's terrible at the time. So I feel like the first time I ever experienced that a few years ago when I was like, oh my God, like whatever the scenario was, I was like, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do? But once you get over the first experience of that and you get over the first one, then it's like every time you encounter a challenge or maybe a bit of a struggle, whether it's work or relationships or um, mental health or whatever it is, then it's like, well, yeah, this is shit. But like I got through the last one and the last one and the last one. So I'll be getting through this one and there'll be a nice little diamond at the end for me. <laughs> it's, it's, I think what you said there is very important that you've got through the first one, you'll get through the next one and you'll keep taking stuff. But I think it's also important to like learn the little lessons that you've kind of taken along the way. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are struggling. And I know I've done this in the past for my own mental health issues is when times are shit, it's very hard to step out of the shit colored lens. Yeah. Have yeah. you got any advice for people who are like in that shit colored lens, like two pieces of advice that you'd give? I think uh like i've got a lot of clients at the moment who are actually all in ireland and really struggling with just frustration and depression and despair and i suppose having a lack of guidance is really hard um an exit plan and stuff and when you see other countries or when you're watching other people abroad um like i i get how hard it is it it can be at home and when it's like they're always announcing like this is the one to be the last one this is going to be the last one and you kind of give up hope of it but I always feel like when you're starting to really struggle um and you know struggle to kind of keep going it's really the most basic things that you need for me like like I'm saying I I pretty much just worked and or studied creative courses or whatever but it was the routine get up like have my coffee go for a walk yeah the gym is taken away from us if I can get an access to a dumbbell I'm going to buy a dumbbell if I can't I'm going to do bodyweight workouts if I can't do that I'm going to buy a skipping rope like 
something so that I still have my routine, but it's my altered routine. Like I still get up, coffee, breakfast, walk, talk to friends. It's just not in person. It's on FaceTime. Pencil in your study, pencil in uh, like the Calm app or whatever headspace or whatever meditation thing you use. Write down how you're feeling. If you're not into writing, talk to someone on the phone because I feel like this is probably the only time that everyone can be really transparent in how they're feeling in that everyone feels shit. So before I feel like Ireland, it's still as a stigma, like we're getting better, but mental health in Ireland, like nobody wants to say how they're actually feeling, especially like older generation, like our parents and stuff, or the really young generation, like teenagers and stuff. I feel like late twenties, early thirties, we're getting really good at it. And getting better. Yeah, and we're helping other people, older and young, younger, understand it. But this is like, you know, a good excuse. You know, sure, like, you know, even people that are, that are trying to nearly make a joke about their mental health because they're nearly embarrassed. They're saying, oh, sure, we're all depressed or whatever. But at least they're kind of trying to admit it because it is a time that absolutely everyone is struggling. So... I think talking to someone on the phone, it doesn't have to be, you know, exact feelings, but just tell someone you're having a shit day. And like, I used them to be very good at communicating. So I used to write everything down, like how I was feeling, even if I wanted to communicate with someone else, uh, I would write it down and put like literally on a piece of paper and get someone to give it to someone else. This is when I was a teenager because I just wasn't able to communicate. So even just writing it down, like if you're too scared or embarrassed to say it on the phone or whatever, write it down. If you if you feel like it, it doesn't need to go to someone, you can always burn it after. Like at least you've just gotten it out and you can read over it later and be like, geez, what was I on about there? I'm actually grand now, you know? But routine and structure and just literally taking things day by day and I I know I'll be you know biased but I, exercise is like the like I can't even find a word for what it is it's for my mental health. and like at the start you know trying to you know accept the fact that the gyms are closed it's like for fuck's sake the gyms are closed this is shite and then it's like shut up like you can exercise in other ways as long as you get that feeling and that endorphin rush then you know that will literally get me through any situation any feeling like I exercise when I'm happy I exercise when I'm angry or sad it's any feeling like I'm gonna feel good after I exercise and like I I don't know if people um listening follow me but when like I hate running hate running and when there was an you know another announcement another announcement the gyms aren't open I was like I'm actually gonna have to run like I'm gonna have to do it so I think I managed one 5k at one stage and I was like no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and I do 200 burpees instead I'm like I'm just not really yeah not a bother because I could no. count down and I'd be like, right, that's 10. Okay, that's 20. You know, but with the running, I just hate it and I don't have the endurance. I'm better at kind of short, right, here's 15 minutes. Do this in 15 minutes as fast as you can. And I'll still get the same feeling. But with the running, I'm like, I, I can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. But I tried it because I was like, I'm going to have to find another way because I'm getting bored now. But 
exercise and a bit of structure and just writing or talking about how you're feeling like if you can do that every day like obviously the exercise doesn't have to be intense and just like eating regularly and trying to drink water honestly the basic things and sleep yeah i think the the routine has definitely got me through this i think because it's too easy to just go for like a lot of people unfortunately like are working in their bedrooms so yeah. like the blinds are completely gone or wow. they're working in the kitchen so they're pottering around the kitchen looking for something else to do rather than moving the mouse around um but like as you said actually 5ks no thank you burpees no thank you uh you can thank rebecca or work for the burpees she, she got me to do the 500 burpee challenge and i nearly got sick everywhere <laughs> but i think with the whole like writing stuff down i think people are afraid of i know i was when i first started doing it, it was like it's going to be a tap it's going to release and then it's just going to go explode with the amount of stuff that's going to come out of your head but sometimes that's that's what needs to be done yeah and i feel like people um kind of feel they might feel a bit like like journaling is a big thing now and everyone is kind of encouraging it but um there is different ways of yeah. of writing it like you don't have to write four a pages a four, a four pages and how you're feeling that's definitely not my buzz like you'd want to see some of the the i don't know what it called doodling i guess like sometimes i just you know you, you know these anxiety coloring books or you yeah, know the they, jigsaws or some, something therapeutic yeah, coloring in things or and um, yeah puzzles and things like that or sudoku whatever it's called sudoku i don't know what it's called uh rubik's cubes but like you can also do just bullets this morning i felt today i felt you know and then one thing you know it, i feel it's hard if you if you don't like if you're not into journaling and gratitude and all that it can be very you can feel a bit fake doing it yeah um, so you have to kind of find something that works for you. So I'm not someone that does affirmations and I don't do, um, I actually don't do daily, daily gratitude. I would do something more as in like something, um, I found went well today and something that you felt went well for, for someone else because of you. So like, you know, oh, this old woman, you know, I made this old woman smile today cause I said she had a nice hat or something like that. Like that's what makes me feel better. And that's what like makes my day good. And just things like, you know, you could do a brain dump at night. You could do a dump in the morning or a brain dump at night where you're just writing. It doesn't have to be how you're feeling, like things that are on your mind because that's helping you, you know, declutter your head as well. Like it doesn't have to be, I feel today, this is what I'm grateful for. And, you know, your affirmations that works for some people, but that doesn't work for everyone. So if you're thinking like, you know, I've got a client at the moment, she's got, she's studying, studying two courses and she's got her work as well. And she's trying to do all, you know, all her food and her training and all that. And I'm like, this is too much. There's too much to do. Like try and prioritize what needs to be done today and only today like what absolutely must be done today and when you've got so much on your mind this happened to me a few weeks ago I think I had um I put up the little Eisenhower decision matrix that I I use when you've got that much on your mind you literally cannot make a decision because there's so much on your mind that 
you've got that decision fatigue when I've got to do that and that and that where do I start or even how do I start so if you try and prioritize write out your schedule for the week and like everything is probably a priority but not everything is a priority today so try and write out one or two things that must be done today and one of those things has to be something that's for self-care or mental health because otherwise you're not going to get through your tasks or you're not going to be looking after yourself and your just stress is going to build up and anything that doesn't get done on that day move it to the next day and just try and space things out um across the week and I feel like that's more much more manageable and you're not as stuck in your head and obviously you know doing that sort of a brain dump at night okay I did this today what will I do in the morning and you just write it down so that when you get up you know have your coffee try and not get too panicked in the morning okay that needs to be done today I'm just going to do that first and get out of the way and everything else can seem so much more achievable I guess without being too stressed I think a lot of people like see a lot of people are amazing at to do doing to-do lists so it's kind of like when does it not do it turn into a to-do list when it's just like these endless sheets endless things on yeah. your phone it's like especially when you got like a book or something like you, if i look at my phone now it's just books 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 it's like yeah. stop buying them and stop finding them but it's yeah. kind of like you need to potentially break it into like quadrants of saying right I'm gonna, this is my goal for the quarter this is my goal for the next quarter and break it into that and even yeah. one of the things i brought in is like the five f's like is it fitness focus finance fun fitness fun finance fun and there's another one in there um and break it in that and set smaller goals for each of those each time yeah. so like if it's a few families like well can i have like a, a date night with my kids or can i have a movie night with my kids there's a fun i can go meet a mate for a coffee cat if it's the if it's the gym i'm going to train three times this week let's break it into smaller things and that ha- that has definitely helped a lot of the clients in breaking into smaller stuff because there's so much information out there yeah, and it really is, again, about the basic stuff. Like, you know, people are thinking, how am I going to do this? I really want to do it, but I want to do that as well. It's like, how am I going to do it? And it honestly is those, like, breaking things down into the very basics. Like, is there is there times when you could do, like, multitask? And like you're saying about books there, like, if you want to get steps in, you're a really busy day. Like, is is it a book that's that you can listen to on Audible? And you can do that when you're doing your steps for, for me I love audible but some of the books like are too difficult to do on audible so I yeah. know I have to be sitting down to do that but there's plenty of books that you can listen to or podcasts walking and then you're doing your steps you're taking a break from your work you know you're going for lunch and you're doing that at the same time but I feel like as well like people put people this year there's been so much pressure and stress and people are so into per, um, personal development but then at the same time I feel like everyone is putting so much pressure on themselves. Like everyone wants to get into meditation. Everyone wants to get into, um, you know, mindfulness or working on mindset because they know that's what they need and they know that that it's going to help. But then they're trying to, you know, an hour of meditation every day and they've never done it before. Like I do, I'd say maximum. The only time I ever do longer than 20 minutes of the calm app is when I'm really struggling to sleep and I need to do like a longer um, session. Other than that, like they're between five and probably eight minutes, maybe 12. And I don't do it every day I, because that's too much pressure on me. If I'm thinking I have to do my meditation first thing in the morning, like then I'm thinking about 
the meditation being over so I can get on with my day. So it's like, you don't have to do it every single day. Like if you're starting to get into a new habit or something that's your, that might be a bit alien to you, like just try and do it once a week, maybe the next week, try and do it twice a week. And then the next time, three times a week, and it won't feel like it's such an effort and you'll be enjoying it when you're doing it. And that goes for anything. Like if you're trying to get your steps up an extra one or 2000, try and do it just like three times a week first because then you'll get into the habit of doing it. But I just feel like people that want to learn something new or um, like there's, there, there's a lot of pressure that they're putting on themselves, but then they're also very impatient. But you can understand it because they know that it will help. So they're just trying to do it more. But then you want to be actually, you know, whether it's learning or doing or whatever it is, you want to be understanding it and then making sure that it's working. Like, you know, if you're studying, are you, you know, you could read 10 lectures in the day, but if you don't consolidate that information, you're going to be another 10 weeks going through the lectures. Like just pick one, write out what you've learned, like look at it again at the end of the week and revise it. And then that you're going to retain the information rather than rushing through everything. Cause we have that problem with everyone being so impatient. They want instant results with everything, whether that's social media, fat loss, like whatever work they want to climb up to the career ladder and they want to do it now like there's just everyone needs to just slow down a little bit and just realize that everyone needs to take things at their own pace and just because every single person is into journaling and meditation doesn't mean you have to have an a4 refill pad written out by the end of the month like you can get into your own flow you're still doing good by starting and trying it's like, I think what you said there, like there's no wrong way to do anything. There's no right way for everyone to do it the same way that everything has to be unique to you. Like your thoughts, you're, you, you are unique to whatever, whatever's going on. So if it's literally write down a sentence, if it's literally ringing a mate, if it's, I don't know, doing a positive affirmation or doing something like that. And I think what you said there about the information overload and like that everyone wants to read a book, an audible, going from an audible to a podcast, to a book, and then never actually applying the information. I think, yeah, I can relate. (laughs) I think PTs are really bad for doing that. Uh, Because they're like, new shiny object book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, You spoke about pressure. Do you feel a pressure to be kind of like acting or looking a certain way on social media because you've, you've quite a big following and because you're over in a different country now uh, while a lot of people are here. Do you think there's, do you feel an awful lot of pressure to look at and kind of act a certain way because of that? I don't think I've ever felt pressure to look a certain way because when I first started Instagram, I never gave a shit anyway. I was like, I'm so depressed with my life right now. I, you know, when I started, the reason my Instagram started to grow was because I quit nursing and people were like, whoa, she's just quit like her job. Like, and that's actually how my Instagram started to grow. Not because I was like, here's, here's the workouts I'm doing. Here's the diet I'm following. It was actually nothing to do with that. It was more my lifestyle or my life choices. Um, And I was kind of in such a bad headspace at the time. I didn't care. I didn't care what anyone thought of me. I didn't care. This was my Instagram and tried and a clue what even Instagram was at the time. Didn't even know public, private. If you look, if you scroll back to my Instagram, whenever I set it up, 
like there'd be no hashtags hadn't clue what hashtags were like not that I use them much now but there was none like I didn't know what tags were I just wanted somewhere to kind of post positive quotes for myself to be looking at and post um I was trying to learn a little bit about food at the time years ago so I'd post a couple of like meals that I'd made for the recipe more than anything so that I'd know how to make it again so I feel like starting off I never had any fakeness and I feel um I'm really transparent anyway and you'll even know like with my language like even in the podcast like I sometimes I'm like maybe I shouldn't say that word but then I'm like no fuck it like this is just the way I am and I've always been like that growing up so I feel like going on Instagram I don't think anyone goes on Instagram with the attention in the attention of or they don't expect that they're going to gain a following so like when you when I'm setting up my Instagram I'm like sure this is my profile and like stories only came in what recently enough like so before that you're just doing your posts so there wasn't much speaking or there wasn't IGTV or anything like that so I would just was the same as I was in person I was just you know and I I, like I felt I, I nearly did things backwards like when I started getting into fitness I was there to gain muscle to put on weight and I'm still the same way now like I'm always doing the opposite of like I'm can be very unrelatable at times because everyone's like, how do I lose weight? How do I lose weight? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually, you know, gaining weight at the moment. So I don't feel a pressure to look lean because I know people, you know, well, I'm just doing my own thing anyway, but I know people are learning that you don't have to be in a calorie deficit the whole time. And, you know, it's actually good for your health if you're not. So I don't feel any pressure. The only I've never felt pressure looks wise. Um, And even like recently, like I had fillers uh, in my lips and in like in February, I was like, I'm just going to get these dissolved. Like just, just no need. Like, and I got them dissolved and I was like, I'm going to put up a picture because I think it's like important that people, not that I ever hid that I had them, but I think it's important to show that, look, you know, I liked them at the time. They look terrible now. So this is what they look like dissolved. And like the, the, the comments and the shares I got from that post, I'm like, well, that's good. Like there's nothing wrong with fillers. Someone wants to get fillers. I didn't need them. I just, it was a trend. I was like, sure, I'll get them. So, and then I decided I didn't like them, which was also fine. And I got them dissolved. So I never felt pressure to get them. And I never felt pressure to get them dissolved. But I, but again, I'm like, well, I'll show them that I have them and I'll show them that I don't have them anymore. So, um, I don't think looks wise I ever felt pressure the only thing I've ever felt um, when I was starting to move back over here was um, I didn't want to make anyone else feel bad about them being stuck in lockdown and me being abroad and I know Siobhan O'Hagan said it when she moved back over here in November and I remember putting a thing on her story I knew she was going back for ages but um I remember her putting a thing on her story, like if my stories are making you feel, you know, shit, just mute me or block me. And I just felt like, you know, that's so responsible because, you know, obviously we're not responsible for how anyone else feels at home, but it is, you know, if the shoe's on the other foot, I remember when she went back out, I'm like, oh my God, like 
oh, I can't wait to get back. But also I was like, Jesus, I'm delighted for you. And most people, when I was kind of making my journey back here, I was like, I don't want anyone, you know, I don't want any shit for traveling. I don't want any, anyone to feel bad. Um, you know, like I was like, will I keep going? Will I just delete my Instagram? What will I do? And everyone was like, please, Becca, we're so bored. Like, please just like upload the stories. Love watching you living your life out there. Like, don't think I got any shit when I was traveling back here. And if I did, I can't remember. Um, but the messages I got were people like Becca worse, like because my journey getting back here, I didn't know if I was going to make it back because there was like I'm watching it, yeah. closing and like me and Sinead Hegarty was supposed to go back the same day, and oh, just the stress of trying to get back and the borders were closing and the COVID test had to be done within a certain amount of time. And I was in Ireland for Christmas, then went back to London, then they banned flights from the UK, then I had to get back to Dublin, but then there was no UK Ireland flights. It was honestly so stressful. And I was like, fuck it, Sinead, I'm fucking going. And she was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go, it's too stressful. I was like, what's the worst case scenario? Like I don't get in and I just have to come back. Like I'm going for it, I don't care. But I didn't know if I was going to get in. So the messages, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, keep going. Like, the mess just coming through. I was like, this is, I think I still have a highlight on it. I was like, I have to keep, I have to keep all these messages. But, like, people were genuinely so happy to see one person, like, just kind of go. Yeah, and just, like, I was like, I'm so bored. Even if I don't get in, at least I had, like, a 48-hour adventure. Like, I'll have a story at the end of it. So, like, the, that was the only bit of pressure I felt was, am I making people feel shit at home and I feel so guilty my family are stuck at home? But sure, then I was like, you know, I, what, if I stay in Ireland or London, wherever I was, what can I do about the situation at home? One person. I can't do anything. So I can't do anything there and I can't do anything here. So I may as well go while I've got the opportunity and not feel, and not feel bad because... I do know that most people don't have the opportunity to make that sort of a move or go back to where they were before. So I was like, you know, I have to go back. I was going to go back eventually anyway. So um, it was it was the guilt thing that kept me in Ireland for Christmas because I missed the previous Christmas. And looking back now, it's probably the only thing I would change because obviously, you know, they, you know, that... They had announced the rules that were in Ireland when I got back to Ireland were not the rules the day after I got back to Ireland. So yeah, they changed. So it was it actually well, made they change it. all the time. It's I, yeah. I I have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, I don't do anything anymore. But I don't never felt any pressure to look a certain way, and I don't now. I definitely don't. If I did at the start, I don't remember, and I definitely don't now. It was just a guilt thing about people maybe looking at my life over here but now I know that most people enjoy it and you know if I'm putting up training videos like you will get back to that yourself and you can look forward to that so I don't know teaching people about mindset when they're stuck at home has been really beneficial so um no I don't feel any pressure (laughs) do you feel how do you feel with the whole pressure of kind of like running the business throughout this because I'm not sure how much you want to go into it, but like running a business is stressful at the best times. Let, let's just be yeah. honest. Even when yeah. the good times there, you're still like, this is stressful. 
Uh, how have you coped with running the business during this? Because I think this is the bit that people don't necessarily see. Yeah, I think um, last year was probably the most stressful year ever I've had um, with work because I remember when I was setting up like my business a few years ago and I remember the stress of that, but it was, you know, yeah, it was really stressful but I had so much work and so much demand that I was like how how am I going to manage this and study and you know I'm new and all that that's a different stress it was still stressful but you have plenty of work you don't need to worry about that it's different when your main source of income is focused around the gym and there is no gym and my client base are not really people that are into home workouts um one-to-one anyway so I'm like, well, right. So what am I going to do for money? Like, you know, I have savings and I've got, you know, other streams of income. Not that you'd like say about a sat. You wouldn't live it off, a, you know, a, a salary in, in Ireland anyway. That was the thing. I was coming from my, my main thing when I moved to Bali is I was working so much in Ireland PT, I was doing some nursing and I was doing online. So I was working a lot. Cost of living in Dublin was high, but I was saving. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not working this much. I don't need this much money. Not that I was rolling in it, but like, I was like, I don't need to make this much money. Like I can have more free time and live somewhere that's more affordable. So that was my whole, one of my main reasons for coming here. So I took a massive pay cut moving over here, like over 50%. And I was like, Money was never a drive, driving force for me. So I moved over here. I had money saved if I wanted to take a few months off work and just kind of travel, which I actually never ended up doing anyway. So I had money um, saved. And obviously the cost of living over here is less. I had retreats and stuff. So there was extra money coming in that I wouldn't have had, um, say, if I was living in Ireland. So I was putting money um, away. But also I was like, right, you know, okay, do I need more clients no, probably not. I'll do a bit more traveling. So I adjusted my lifestyle to the affordability of over here. So when you go from living over here um, and like having a regular you know, income or a regular stream of clients and everything is kind of comfortable enough to going back to a country that is extortionate in my eyes to live where you don't have, you know, like online coaching I might make no money one month and I might make loads the next month. It's seasonal, like, especially coming up to Christmas and stuff. People want to do something before Christmas and they definitely want to do something after Christmas. So that's like the majority of my money is made in those sort of seasons. So, and obviously coming into summer. So when you're coming from, you know, a lot, the cost of living is a lot less over here. You know, I've got my regular clients, everything is set up. I come home. Cost of living is extortionate. The gyms are closed. People lose their jobs. You're like, oh, shit. Like, what am I actually going to do for money? Like, and like, not that I came back with nothing. I'm saying, I'm thinking down the line, like, this situation is serious. What am I going to do in three months? Like, if I don't have any money. So, you know, luckily enough, I've done enough things in my life that I'm like, I would never be stuck for work in general. Well, does that mean that I want to do that work? No, but would I do it for money? I would have to. Like, I was called to go back to nursing as well, or called to re-register. And I, like, would have been, no problem would have done that. But because I'm a children's nurse, they never actually 
had work for me. So I was never, um, I never ended up going back to work in that area. But last year it was mental. Like it was a combination of things. There was people that, that had money but didn't want to spend it on home workouts, which I can completely understand. If my, if my audience and my clients are usually heavy lifting in the gym and barbells and all of that and strength and conditioning, they're not going to get the same results from, you know, home workouts or, you know, they're going to find it difficult to adapt, nor do they want to spend their money on that. And I totally get that. Look at the um, increase in Instagram live workouts. Like, why would you pay when you can get it for free and just buy two dumbbells on your own, of your own? And like, if you've been coaching with someone, you probably know most of the time, you know, a good bit about nutrition already. So, you know, financially, you're just as worried about me about how you're going to afford things in a couple of months so you're not going to be spending your money on a coach um that's what that's well my clients like I still had my clients that were doing CBT with me but then again like it gets to the point that they're like I just got put on the COVID payment because I lost my job or I got laid off and I don't know when they're going to be taking me back like really is is a coach something that they absolutely need when they don't know if they're going to have a job again for a year. So that's why I was saying, like, when I stuck my head into work, I was like, I need to come up with something that is going to work, that's going to be affordable, that people need and that people want. Because those were the things that, you know, taking away those things is what's going to result in my business going absolutely tits up. So um, that's when I started building the courses. I don't think I ever had courses before COVID. I don't know. I can't even remember. Like the year that I was home or the 10 months I was home, I don't remember anything. Like I genuinely, it's gone. Like I just remember apartment, work and stress and Tiger King. (laughs) (laughs) Like I don't remember anything else. I genuinely... Like I have like stuff on my phone and like I've got stuff on my phone where I can be like, geez, yeah, I remember that weekend or I remember doing that or I remember doing this. But I genuinely don't. I Like I lived with my brother. I lived in Galway. I lived with my sister and then I moved to London. Like I don't even remember the, the transition to London. I just remember making the decision and then on the Friday I was there. It was just so stressful like that. I just literally was like, right, what's going to help me you might help my mental health a bit more a social circle and an environment where I can exercise a bit more and have my own space to work so now is it like how many months later I'm only getting back to where I was before COVID like so and I haven't spoken about this in detail on my Instagram I've just spoken about how stressful the year was which people are kind of like obviously like it was a stressful year but business-wise I probably won't ever go in to the level of stress and why and how that's kind of the surface of it. But, you know, my goals before COVID were that I could scale my business, have a team, have less of my time involved. And like for all of those goals, I have to start again now, which is totally fine. But now those goals are still the same. I want, so this doesn't happen again. If there's another worldwide pandemic I don't want to be in a situation where I'm like wow what am I actually going to do for money if I don't figure something out so again I always say shit situations like do 
bring something positive in the end. So I am on honestly only getting back on my feet now. Like it, the way I'm describing it, people are going to be sound like I had nothing. I'm not saying that. It's just when you're adjusting, like I still had clients. I still had, I think it was the lifestyle change as well. I was like, oh, this is, how am I going to create content? You know, if I'm stuck in a apartment with no windows, like, you know, you've got to think my business is my Instagram. How is my content going to be interesting? If I'm in a lockdown, like how am I actually going to do it? If I worked online and just worked online and my traffic was coming from Google ads or word of mouth, I don't even need an Instagram. So creating content wouldn't be an issue. But at the moment, that is what I do. And through the content, that's how I get clients. So the stress of even like, well, what what do I even put on my Instagram? Like, oh, just another day in the apartment. (laughs) Set up a dance academy. So, yeah, well... Well, I did. I suppose I had my own, but like that was just more like that was my only release. So I was like, I'm not recording this. Like this is for me. Like so, they they are entertaining. I have to give you credit for them. <laughs> I haven't done one in ages because I think I've switched my routine where I'm doing a lot more chill things in the morning. Um, and I feel like if I start dancing in the morning, even though I probably should should do it again, um, because I used to do it every morning, and now because I was so stressed last year, I was like, right, I need to do more chill things in the morning. So my routine kind of changed, but I'll get back into it now. Don't worry. I'll tag you in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get, get everyone doing it. Yeah. Now, cause you talk about like being the biggest like introvert extrovert. Yeah. So it, well, like, it's quite unique being able to yeah. go up and just bop around. Yeah. Like, like it's, I, we're, we're all reading that book at the moment what's it called surrounded by idiots I've read it before um well I was like oh you know what I should just read it again and actually I brought it with me when I was coming over from London but like I find like and I feel other people might find my personality kind of strange because I can be so professional work-wise like completely um if no one ever met me before and I went into like an office interview or something like that they'd be like wow she's in a fucking suit like I probably would go in in a suit and like be really professional and then you know I in there's parts of my personality that people mightn't see on Instagram and they'll see a bit of it but like I would be very silly in general um but I think that's because the more I've gotten into psychology and definitely the CBT stuff with clients like a lot of the one-to-one work is actually very serious. Like with emotional eating, binge eating, CBT, I find that then in my, my, my normal personality is quite like silly. So it's hard sometimes. It's really hard sometimes, especially on Instagram. One day I'm posting a video of me dressed really weird with some glasses on or like dancing around the place. And the next one is about, you know, struggling with mental health. So it can be really hard to, you know, there isn't a balance at all, basically. But it can be really hard to for people to understand like me fully, I guess. And now that I'm reading that book again, I'm like, I'm this like the, your different colors like you know red yellow green blue and you're not you're not one you're usually a mixture of two but I'm like no no I am all four like there's there's no like even with guys and dating as well like they're just like what 
like they just don't get it they don't I don't even get it like it depends on my mood it depends on my work situation it depends on if there's stuff going on at home or if I have any like you know if there's if a friend is struggling if I'm struggling with something I go through different like waves of I don't know like behaviors I guess or maybe I'm a lot more serious or a lot more fun but that's how I that's kind of how my life has been forever like I think it's from doing the junior cert and the leaving cert where you have like you study 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 then you've exams then you can relax and party for a bit then you've got your summer then leaving search or fifth year and leaving search, same sort of thing. Like you study, study, study. Okay, you've got socials, you've got discos, right? You've got your mocks. Okay, you can relax a bit. Study, study, study. I honestly think it's from that. I studied so hard in school because I hated it so much that I never wanted to go back. So I feel that's like dripped into my life now. Like I'm working so hard now because like I'm still working off. Maybe I'll still have a summer. Like maybe there'll be a summer in Europe. So if there is, there's no way I'm working as hard as I'm working now. I want everything in place so that I don't have to dedicate so much time so that, you know, if there is a festival on during the summer, I'm going to be going to it. I'm going to be going to a few of them. And then I'll like relax a little bit in the summer. And then you're going to be thinking about Christmas. People are going to be, you know, wanting to, get into probably a routine before Christmas and definitely after. And I'll work then like for a couple of months, really hard, like really hard. So that's how like the introvert extrovert thing works because nobody has seen me really for the last probably six weeks, maybe one dinner I've gone to, or that's it. Like I've moved into this villa. It's a bit further out, like, two people have called over but I've been here day and night I go to the gym and if I don't see in the gym I don't see it but now that the work has kind of relaxed a little bit then it's like okay what are you doing tonight or what's on this weekend and that's just the way I work and then I get kind of tired of the social energy and then I'm like okay no I need to be on my own again but like don't know it just works if you understand yourself in that way like I guess some people might think it's weird if they don't know me, but people that do know me are like, oh, that's because she's gone hibernate for a few weeks. She'll be back out when there's a festival on or when there's something, you know, there's something on. But like, I feel like, yeah, I definitely have equal parts of both. Like, that's why they call it ambivert. But I feel like if you're, if you're like complete introvert or complete extrovert, as long as you know that and like, if you can explain to your friends, like, this is how I am. Like, this gives me life. This gives me energy. Social situations give me energy. Or the other way around, if you're really introverted, like, that's that's difficult. Like, I would never be, like, I, I wouldn't struggle in a social situation ever, but it would take energy from me in that sort of way that I would need to be on my own for a few days after that, just work, not deal with anyone else. But as long as you know what, you know, Try and if you don't know what you're you are, try and figure out what you are. You could be a bit of both like me, or else you could be towards, you know, the spectrum on introvert, more towards introvert, or somewhere in the middle. Like there's no, I guess there's no definites, but it works for me and it works for my work and it works for that sort of seasonal work where you have loads of people that want to get shredded for summer, or you know, it works when people have struggles. If you think about the mindset work and the CBT stuff, people don't have massive struggles 12 months of the year. Well, maybe they do, like very unfortunate people do. But usually it's like 
you know, linear for a bit and then there's like, ah, shit, there's a breakup. Or It's like um, the virus, it comes in waves. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's good for me because I might get a big hit of work, then it might be going like steady for a while and then I might decide, well, I'm not working as hard as I just did the last six months. So actually, I'm saying no to clients and I'll, you know, decide that I want to relax a little bit more. So, you know, I mean, I'm 32 now. If I didn't know myself inside out at this stage, like... Uh, I couldn't possibly be working with clients trying to get them to, to understand. Their own. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it works for me. It might seem a bit strange for other people, but I don't know. I like were, you, it. were you in tune at like a junior certain, even certain age of like, right, study a party, kind of go back into study mode. Were you in tune at that age or is it kind of like now looking back that you kind of recognized it? I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had a clue about mindset or anything like that. I just knew that there was pressure on me to do well in exams. Um, but also I put pressure on myself because junior cert now, like people would be like, ah, it's only the junior cert. I, I was like, it's the junior cert. Like, you know, like I, I was the other way. Oh, really? Like I wanted to do well in my exams. I know I'm intelligent and like, I why wouldn't I want to you know work to the best of my ability like I still have that um fear now like I'm not reaching my full potential I constantly have that that in me so that would have been in me back then like why do shit in my junior cert when I can do well I can like I am that type of person that can study do well and go out on the weekend so like the main thing about the whole getting into study and then partying and stuff was that I hated school. So I wanted to make sure I did well on my leave inserts so that I wouldn't have to repeat. That was the main thing. But at junior cert level, like I kind of had a, I had a good balance as in like my job at the time was dancing and I danced with all my friends and we had like Sidona Roadshow. We'd go around doing tours around Ireland. Remember Sidona? Yeah, like your Sidona's gone. Sidona's still a thing. No, it's gone. Gone, I'd say. With TK. yeah jesus but like we used to do this road show every weekend we used to do the teenage discos we got costumes and we were dancing it was me and all my friends and i got paid for it so i was like this is the best thing ever and then back to school and work 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 and then you know freedom at the weekend so i don't know if it's i don't know i definitely wouldn't have had the mindset back then to be like okay no this is how i operate it's just i think that was just a natural thing like if you're working really hard, studying really hard during the week, you obviously need a bit of a break at the weekend. But I don't think I was like, right, I need a break now at the weekend. I don't think I was like that at 14 or 15. I think it was just... Late 20s. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. You talk about kind of like the pressure that you put on yourself and like drive, 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 not reaching your full potential. How do you kind of snap back your inner critic and all that kind of stuff? Because that is a hard part for a lot of people because a lot of people uh, don't, like they, they talk to themselves in a not very polite way. I'm going to be very PC there. Uh, yeah. How do you talk, how do you kind of cop yourself out of those? Well, I feel like I don't want this to come across as like arrogant, but when I'm saying like, you know, oh, I'm not reaching my full potential and stuff, like that it's not that I don't think that I can't it's how and why am I not so like I know I've done so much study I've got so much experience I've got so much life experience even if we're not thinking about 
you know, business-wise. Like, the amount of, you know, careers I've done, you know, like, living in different places. Like, I've got good life experience, even if I never had a, you know, a good career. Um, But I don't tell myself I can't do that. Or I, I honestly have no doubts about my abilities in, 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 in any area. Like, if someone was to say, right, you know, if some really difficult situation was to come around again, like last year, like, these are the things that make you be really confident in yourself. Like, again, another shit situation last year, worst year of my life, business-wise, not personally, but business-wise, definitely. And, you know, it's like, right, I don't know how I'm going to fix this, but I will, and I'm going to come up with something that is going to work, and I'm going to fix this. So now, when I'm like, you know, eventually, I, I want to have a business that's scalable. I don't want to be on social media for the rest of my life. Like, I need to put systems and things in place. I need to have a team so that I can do those things. So that's what I mean about reaching my potential. I don't actually have any doubts about what I can achieve. But for people, like, that, that's everywhere. Like, that, you know, chimp, I guess, if anyone hasn't read The Shame Paradox, that's the main one. It's my favorite book ever, I think. That and The Happiness Trap together, I think, to me, makes so much sense because it's like, you know, um, expectations about what your life should look like, which also has an impact on how you think and talk to yourself. So I think those two books together are brilliant. But like when you're constantly putting yourself down, like, and you don't have any self self-belief like I feel like again it's usually the most basic answer have you tried what you're telling yourself you can't do because if you haven't tried you can't say I can't do it or I'd never be good at that so go out and do it and if you're not good at it you're not good at it and you can say I'm not good at that but I realized that not good at that but it made me realize I'm good at this like you will never ever learn anything if you don't try. And honestly, I can say with all honesty, I got where I am now purely by trial and error and many, many, many errors. So many errors. If you look at all the careers, all the courses, like try, I'd say this is probably the eighth, my eighth try. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this works. I'm good at this. And it's working out, but that doesn't mean that it'll always work out. For example, last year, I've been a coach for how long now? Five years. That doesn't mean I'm never going to have a challenge. It just means you have an opportunity to get better. Yeah, I was, you know, good at this, good at this. But I wasn't prepared for that sort of setback last last year. But that doesn't mean that I can't do it. Like, how am I going to, you know, put some brainstorming things together? How am I going to get out of this situation? What could work? Try that. If it doesn't work, try the next one. Make a list of 10 things. 10 things you want to try. 10 things you haven't tried um or 10 solutions and just try and like you'll figure out even if none of them work you've still learned that none of them work so you need to try something else so anyone that's listening that's constantly putting themselves down um and it's a different thing if other people are putting you down that's totally different but you obviously have to start with yourself but write down three things that you're putting yourself down about today and whether that's like body image or losing weight or going for a job like have you applied for the job have you looked up you know similar jobs by other providers just because you didn't get that one job that one person um 
And like, you know, if you're trying to lose weight or, and it's not working, like what is not working? Like, do you need to study a bit more? Do you need a coach? Do you need to, you know, are you really being honest with what you're eating every day? You know, you know, monitor things, try different things. And you will find then that every time you try something, it might knock you a bit where you're like, oh shit, I knew I wasn't good at that. But you don't have to be putting yourself down about it. It's just like, okay, you're not, you're not good at that, that thing. Like, you can't be good at everything. So you have to accept that there are going to be areas that you're not good at and that's okay. And you will never, ever, ever, ever find what you're good at without finding out what you're not good at. <laughs> we, we, we all have a unique skill and we all have something that we're good at. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be tiddlywinks. It could be hairdressing. Yeah. It could be whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you, and you, you could be 60 years finding out that. You could, and you could, you could just wait, waste 60 years as well uh, yeah. by not even trying. Yeah, it's the same with like relationships and stuff and like the pressure of, oh, you have a fella yet or when you get married or if people are married or you having kids. It's like, you know, like some people just get into those situations because they're like, Shh, you know, everyone's looking at me and judging me. And like, I, I love the stories where people in their 50s end up finding someone that states is the best show for that yeah like it's just like oh my god like it's just like if you just you know don't settle and keep trying and that's obviously for everything then you don't know what's down the line until you try and you know figure your way out along the way oh yeah i think that yeah try try and test it out and see what happens Becca, where can people sign up with you for your coaching for the unfuck unfuck official courses up got the unfuckmethod.com and then well actually everything is in my link tree on my instagram so everything is there courses mini courses unfuck method one-to-one coaching um the build shred grow which is more challenges and then my email is there as well um so probably my instagram becky and it's the easiest way to just get all those in the one place all the links will be in the episode, guys, if you want to work with Becca. But Becca, thank you so much for being so honest um, on the stuff that's gone on in the background. And kind of, you're so easy to talk to and you've got so much insight into, like, as you said, you've got life experience. Uh, you've tr- tried different things, which I think is the main method of the main message from today. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on, Becca. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Becca. Like incredible, there's so much mindset stuff in there, and like that could have gone on, and that could have been through three, four episodes in there. And there's so much content in there. So thank you so much to Becca for coming on again. If you guys want to listen back to her episode, episode 23, but please do you guys leave a review up on iTunes for us if you have and uh, if you can, and if you enjoy the episode please do tag the two of us up on your story and i'd highly encourage getting in touch if you're struggling if you have if you're looking for a little bit of guidance and stuff make sure to get in contact with becca look at her stories uh, and be prepared for a bit of uplifting music and dancing and stuff like that so thank you again for to, to becca for coming on